Welcome back to Breaking Point. Today's episode, episode three. Uh, this is quite an interesting case, actually. Interesting because there was a movie based on these particular events. Now, these particular events I'm talking about are known as the Backpacker Murders. Ivan Milat. The Backpacker Murders were a spate of serial killings that took place in New South Wales between 1989 and 1993. The bodies of seven missing young people aged 19 to 22 were discovered partially buried in the Belangolo State Forest in New South Wales. Five of these victims were foreign backpackers visiting Australia. Three of them were German and two of them were British and two were Australian travellers from Melbourne. Now, Ivan Milat, also known as Ivan Robert Marco Milat, is 74 years old and currently based in Goldburn Correctional Centre, where he has been since mid-90s. His span of crimes uh, were between 89 and 93. The criminal penalty that Malat received was seven consecutive life sentences plus 18 years without parole. Ivan Malat was born evil. Quite like uh, most serial killers these days. So let's have a, a bit of a talk about um, these particular cases. So, of the first and second case of, uh, of these murders, um, two, two runners, or joggers, uh, discovered corpses, or a dis decaying corpse, sorry, while orienteering in the Belangolo State Forest in New South Wales. Uh, the following day, they discovered a second body 30 metres from the first. Early reports suggested that the bodies were... Uh, two particular missing backpackers uh, that disappeared prior. However, a German couple uh, that were expats had also disappeared from the area. Um, it was also possible that they were bodies of the, the young Melbourneites um, that had been missing since they left uh, Frankston in uh, Melbourne, Victoria. Um, police quickly confirmed though that these bodies were of uh, the British backpackers, um, male and female. So the female had been stabbed 14 times. She'd been stabbed four times in the chest, once in the neck and nine times in the back. Now, the stab wounds to her spine would have paralysed her. And here's the kicker. She had been shot 10 times in the head. So according to uh, detectives, she had been used as target practice. There were groups of wounds in the back of her head and on either side. So 
Despite the search of the forest over the following few days, no further evidence of bodies were found by police. Uh, investigators themselves ruled out the possibility of further discoveries within the Belengalo State Forest. So the third and fourth discoveries. On October 1993, a local man, Bruce Pryor, discovered a human skull and a femur in a particularly remote section of the forest. He returned with the police to the scene and two more bodies were quickly discovered and identified as Deborah Everest and James Gibson. Now, these... Uh, these... James's uh, skeleton showed eight stab wounds. A large knife had cut through his upper spine, causing paralysis. This is where, um, I think this is where they get the idea from, for Wolf Creek. If anyone's seen Wolf Creek, uh, great movie. John Jarrett plays a, uh, a Kuruba-wearing psychopath who uses a uh, rather large knife as his, as his weapon. And there's a scene in there where he does stab somebody in the back and causes paralysis but keeps him alive. So, stab wounds to his back and chest would have punched his heart and lungs. Um, Everest, Deborah, the female, had been savagely beaten. Her skull was fractured in two places, her jaw was broken, and there were knife marks on her forehead. She had been stabbed once in the back. The presence of uh, James Gibson's body in Belengalo was a puzzle to investigators as his backpack and camera had previously been discovered by the side of the road at Galston Gorge in the northern Sydney suburbs, which is over 120 kilometres or 75 miles to the north. So that's, that's quite a trek. Um, that's, well... He's either brought the stuff back to his house or his area or he's uh, taken the bodies 120 kilometres. It's uh, pretty committed. So with the 5th and 6th and 7th um, bodies that were discovered, November 1st, 1993, a skull was found in a clearing in the forest by police sergeant so-and-so. The skull was later identified as that of uh, a female from Germany who was last seen hitchhiking on the 20th of January 1991. So this is, uh, this is well over two years later. Um, clothing found at the scene did not match this particular female's uh, but, but matched another missing backpacker. The skeleton showed eight stab wounds, although there may have been any, many more. Um, two had severed her spine, others had punctured her hearts and lungs, or heart, not hearts, unless you're uh, Doctor Who, who has two. Um, 
how they figure out uh, with the skeleton um, whether you've had a certain amount of stab wounds. I, I don't study forensic um, science, so I wouldn't know. Um, also, the bodies of uh, a female and her boyfriend uh, were found 3rd of November 1993 in shallow graves, 50 metres apart. The female herself had been decapitated, but despite an extensive search, her head was never found. May have been used as a trophy. Who knows? Um, the male uh, person, though, had been shot in the head six times. And three bullets entered at the base of the head and three more from the left side. This... This guy's insane. Um, now, when it comes time to searching for uh, the killer, they're all, uh, all, all the murders sort of shared, um, how would you say? They were similar in, in some aspect, especially uh, the multiple wounds in particular areas, the grouping, as they uh, disclose. Uh, whether it be from a knife or a weapon. Uh, however, each location all shared the same calibre of, uh, of, and like the, from the rounds of the gun. Um, and each had also suffered multiple stab wounds uh, to particular areas. Um, also, other victims as well showed signs of strangulation and severe beatings. Speculation at the time, however, arose that uh, it was the work of two people, possibly more. Uh, so police work tirelessly to develop a profile um, using vehicle records, gym memberships, uh, gun license, internal police records and, and so on. Um, they did have a short list of uh, 230, which became lower to a, a shorter list of 32, which included one of the Malats. Um, now, a little bit about the background of Mr. Ivan Robert Marco Malat. He was the son of a Croatian emigrant and an Australian mother. Um, he was the fifth born of their 14 children, 14 children. It also appears that they grew up without a TV. Um, because who in their right mind would have 14 children? Um, at the time of uh, when the arrest happened, uh, Ivan Malat quickly became a suspect um, because they heard that he'd served prison time in 1971 and had been charged with the abduction of two women and the rape of another. Or one of them, sorry, not another. 
although the charges were dropped. Um, it was also learned that him and his brother, uh, Richard Malat had worked together on road gangs along the highway between Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, he also owned a property in the vicinity of uh, Belangelo State Forest. And he had also sold a Nissan Patrol four-wheel drive vehicle shortly after the discoveries of the bodies of two particular people. He also had an obsession with weapons. Police quickly made the connection and uh, a previous survivor had identified Malat as the man who had picked him up and attempted to tie up and possibly murder this guy. Well. Now, Ivan was arrested 22nd of May 1994. 50 police officers surrounded his home, uh, including heavily armed officers from the uh, TOU, which is the Tactical Operations Unit. Homes belonging to his brothers Richard, Alex, Boris, Walter and Bill were also searched at the same time by over 300 police officers. The search of his home revealed a cache of weapons including a 22 caliber Anschutz model rifle and parts of a 22 caliber Ruger rifle that matched the type used in the murders plus clothing, camping equipment and cameras belonging to several of his victims. Ivan appeared in court on robbery and weapon charges on the 23rd of May. However, he did not enter a plea. On the 30th of May, police continued investigations. Malat was charged with the murder of seven backpackers. Early 1995, Ivan was remanded in custody until June that year. It wasn't until a year and a little later that the trial opened and lasted 15 weeks. His defence argued that in spite of the evidence, there was no proof Malat was guilty and attempted to shift the blame to other members of the family, particularly Richard, which, as I've said earlier, worked on the uh, road gang with him. Um... July 1996, a jury found Ivan guilty of the murders. He was also convicted of the attempted murder, false imprisonment and robbery of Paul Onions. Paul Onions was uh, getting a lift somewhere with him and then Ivan tried to tie him up and he escaped, basically. He had a gun pointed at Paul. Um... Didn't go into great detail about uh, how he escaped or anything like that, but um, he got out of there. Good for Paul. Uh, Paul was key in uh, having Ivan put away. If it wasn't for Paul, who knows what what could have happened. Um, So he received uh, six years jail each of those um, each of those crimes for the murders of the particular uh, victims 
He was given a life sentence on each count, with all sentences running consecutively and without the possibility of parole. Well, that's uh, justice at its finest. Now, the first day that he was in jail, he was beaten by another inmate, which, which appears normal. Um, for many of the cases that I've looked at, um, people would know uh, who these particular people are coming into jail. Um, main, it's, ma it's mainly pedophiles. Um, anything to do with kids. Um, yes, they might be criminals, uh, but they're still people. So, like, quite honestly, if I was in jail and, and so on and I heard of a pedophile coming in, well, I'd probably take part in that beating as well. Now, if you've, you've got nothing to lose, really, you're there anyway, so. Um, uh, the prisoners would have found out, oh, look, Ivan Malat's coming to jail. Um, let's, the, let's just give it to him. So, a year later, he, he made an escape attempt um, alongside a, a convicted drug dealer and former Sydney, New South Wales councillor, uh, won't, won't say some names, um, but this, this particular character was uh, found hanged in his cell the next day. Um, from a suicide attempt after the escape plan failed. And not long after that, Milat was, uh, Ivan Milat was transferred to a uh, maximum security super prison. Uh, let's just go back here. Was found hanged in his cell the next day from a suicide attempt. Well, there was no attempt. He, uh, he pretty well went all the way with that one. There was many appeals um, from Ivan's uh, law team stating that uh, the quality of representation was poor. I've never heard of that in my life, but it's a thing. So I'll keep that close just in case. Um... 26th of January 2009, Ivan cut off his little finger with a plastic knife. Now, for anyone that's familiar with plastic knives, um, you can't really cut meat without it snapping. So, hats off to Ivan because to cut your little finger off with a plastic knife, that's quite the feat. Um, he had the intention of mailing his uh, severed digit to the High Court of Australia. He was taken to hospital under high security. However, not long after, well actually a day after, he was returned to prison. Um, after the doctors decided surgery to reattach the finger was not possible. He also previously injured himself in 2001 when he swallowed razor blades, staples and other metal objects. Now, 
this this next one is you, you, this is something that I would um, expect from a, a a child. 2011, Ivan went on a hunger strike, losing 25 kilos in an unsuccessful attempt to be given a PlayStation. Really? A PlayStation. Jeez. Okay. Now, there was speculation that uh, Ivan was involved in, in more murders than he was tried for. He, uh, there was, I think, around about three other female uh, backpackers, um, which there was no evidence to be able to uh, put against him, which it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I mean, he's, he's not coming out of jail. It would have, it would have really given closure um, to the family. You're in there for life. What's it? What's it really matter? Um, so, this goes to show. With the next part, I'm going to talk about is it's almost like, like I said at the start, the Ivan Malat was evil. His family was evil. He was born evil. In 2012, Ivan's great nephew Matthew Malat. And his friend, Cohen Klein, both of these guys were 19 when they were sentenced. They were sentenced to 43 years and 32 years in prison, respectively, for the murder of a particular person on his 17th birthday after they attacked him with an axe at Belangelo State Forest, the same forest where Ivan had buried his victims. This all happened in 2010. He was struck with a double-headed axe as one recorded the attack with a mobile phone. In 2004, Ivan actually gave a, an interview on um, a TV show in Australia called Australian Story. Um, it was televised, and he denied that any of his family had been implicated in the seven murders that he committed. In 2005, Ivan's former lawyer, John Marsden, John Marsden, I'm pretty sure he was, uh, he wrote a book. May have been a different John Marsden. John Marsden. A different John Marsden, what I believe, was uh, he wrote a book, uh, Tomorrow When the War Began. However, this has nothing to do with the case. It's actually a series of books, which later went on to become a movie starring Australian actors um, he was fired uh, prior to the murder trial and uh, 
made a deathbed statement in which he claimed that he had been assisted by his sister in the killings of the two British backpackers. I watched, uh, prior to uh, making this podcast today, I watched a documentary on the uh, former lawyer, John Marsden himself, stating that uh, he heard himself um, that Shirley Swar was uh, associated with uh, Ivan in these killings. Um, I'm not sure, maybe. Um, it all seems to happen when uh, when someone's died, people seem to come out and, and say some, some horrible things about people. Um, <clears throat> so, you, you just don't know. Um, so, in, in closing thoughts, with... Uh, with this case, it's it's there's. I'm actually glad there's no conspiracy, um, like the previous podcast of uh, Martin Bryant. I could I could talk. Martin's one of my. He, he's one of the. He's more interesting than quite a lot of other um, cases, because of the holes. Like almost like plot holes, really. Um, so much conspiracy. Yet, Malat himself was quite more interesting. Um, and his murder, murder spree, so to speak, went over a certain amount of years, whereas. Martin's was two days, not even two days. <clears throat> and all of a sudden there's a, a massive conspiracy out there of why, why he did it or why he didn't do it and so on. Um, but someone as evil as Ivan, well, it was, it, this is, it, he, looks, he looks Mexican. I thought he was Mexican. He's got some nice... Uh, Nice features. So to, oh, I'll just give you a little bit of a um, description on, on what he looks like. So he's got, from what I can see, he's, he had he had at the time uh, black hair, sort of thick eyebrows, had that uh, real thick Croatian look, um, nice thick moustache um, that came down to a... a, a I wouldn't, it's, it's like a goatee with uh, bits that tie up to his sideburns. He, he was a handsome man. Um, I'd probably get into the car with him. Um, but he was quite the psychopath. Now, it's it, the psychology of this um he he had an obsession with weapons um it's really hard to say i don't even think there's been 
um, any uh, psychological profiles done on this guy. Um, he was just straight up evil. Um, but like I said, Wolf Creek, the movie, based on uh, based on the Backpacker Murders, and also partly based on um, another particular murder, which I may or may not <clears throat> come across in this series. It wasn't a serial killer. It was just one person. However, there is a bit of controversy surrounding that as well, which is uh, the killing of Peter Falconio. If I do touch on it, during this series, then I will talk about it extensively, um, as it's kind of interesting to me uh, in more ways than one, and I love to talk about this particular case. So I'm just going to promote this film now. It's been out for quite some time, 2005, and the sequel itself was uh, 2013. Uh, Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek 2, uh, John Jarrett, big fan. Um, nice guy, psychopath in the film. And yeah, so thank you for uh, listening. This is Matt Ballard signing off.